heaven was opened. Today we celebrate the feast of the baptism of the Lord. It, it kind of closes the Christmas season in which Jesus was baptized. He, he descended into the waters. And it could almost seem like, okay, well, what does that matter? Like, if Jesus is God, if Jesus already has the fullness of divinity, why would he need to be baptized? And the truth is, Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but we needed him to make the waters holy. We needed Jesus to descend into the water so that by the water we can ascend to heaven. Because there's this like chasm between God and humanity. Like how, how humanity and God, they can't have anything in common. It's like so different that in order for us to connect with God, that either God has to come down to our level, or somehow we have to be given something to be taken up to his level. And both happen in baptism. So the water actually becomes the means of access to heaven. What is, what is heaven? Sometimes I'll ask people that when we're talking, I'm like, what is heaven? Like, well, it's a place you're really happy and you get everything you want. I was like, eh, kind of, yeah, um, hope so. Uh, our fullest desires are fulfilled, but, but ultimately, at, at its essence, heaven is where God is. Heaven is God. Heaven is a personal relationship with God. That's why when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is among you, it's that Jesus is among us, that Jesus, we can enter into relationship with Jesus. And so by Jesus coming and, and making holy the waters and we receiving the gift of baptism, it opens us to connect with God. It's like a, I'll give you an analogy, maybe a, an imperfect one because all analogies are, but uh, in baptism, when the water's poured, that we are sharing in the dignity of Jesus who entered the waters. So it, it, it's almost like, um, well, it, we're given the Holy Spirit, we're given a little bit of God's divine life, and what happens then is now I have access to the Father. So it's almost like, this is, this is the bad analogy, that it's like the internet or something. It's like there's this connection now that before we didn't have. That now I have access to the inner life of God, what's happening within him, that I, that I can connect to him, that I can receive from him, that I can communicate with him in a personal way that, that wasn't possible before. Because I've been given the spirit of Jesus, that God's divine life, that now I can access the divinity of God, that, that when the Father looks at us who have received the Spirit of Jesus, that he sees his Son. Have you thought about that before? That when, when God looks at you and I who have been baptized, what he sees is his Son, Jesus. Because we have, as St. Paul says, we have put on Christ. 
And so he, we hear him, what does he say to his son Jesus? He says, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And so our, our dignity is changed. That my dignity, my, my essence, that I now, I have put on Christ, that I have become Christian. Um, and so no matter what happens, the father always sees his son. Now I'm going to get into why I'm spending so much time on this. Because I think we live in a world today where we feel like love is conditional. Like, um, like even coming here to church today, there were people here who walking in today are feeling like, I feel uncomfortable because I feel like not worthy. Like this wasn't, you know, this wasn't a great break, you know. Um, Maybe, maybe things didn't go as well with our family as we had hoped. Uh, maybe we reconnected with the old friends, which meant we fell into the old habits. Or maybe we, we said we were going to like pray and go to Mass, and it just didn't happen. And so then we, we come here, and we're just like, crap. Like it was just like a terrible break. And we feel terrible. But that's how we feel, which is very different than who we are. That God looks at us and he says, you are my beloved son. That you are my beloved daughter. That's a dignity that cannot be wiped away. That it's not based on what I do. It's based on what I've received in baptism. And, and the image, the story Jesus gives us of this, that we know this is true, is like the prodigal son, right? That the prodigal son turns his back on his own father, betrays him, runs, takes his money, wastes it. And he, he comes back to the he comes back to the father. He's not even coming back because he wants a relationship. He's coming back because he's starving. And the father sees him, his son, who's covered in pig mud, who took his money, called him dead, and wasted it on loose living, that his father sees him and runs to him with joy. That he embraces him. That the son hadn't even, he hadn't done anything. He hadn't said, hey, dad, I'm sorry. All he did was turn to the father. And the father looks and he sees my son. My beloved son. And he runs to him. He's still covered in mud. You can see the father like covered in mud too. He's like, I don't care. I don't care about that. What I care about is you. That's why when I sit in... In confession, people are like, oh, Father, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to dump all this on you. I was like, I don't care about any of that stuff. What I care about is you. And the reason I care about this stuff is because this is the stuff that's been making it hard to see, for you to see your dignity. And so I'm so happy that you're telling me. And so let's, let's just take this stuff. Let me, just like the Father, he puts a new robe. He puts a robe on his shoulders and puts a, puts a ring on his finger. Like, this is the family ring because this is who you are, and I want to remind you of that. And so going to confession is that reminder of who we are. Because the, the sin becomes that lie that, that makes me feel confused about who I am. That I just feel unlovable. I feel ashamed. And so in confession, it's like, no, man, like, that's not who you are. You are the beloved son. You are the one that Jesus thought was worth dying for. And that now that you've, you've come back, that you've just turned back, that now you, you're reconciled. We can go forward in a deeper relationship. 
And so what's also interesting about this is, why, why is this true? When Jesus, this, we're hearing the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. The Father looks at Jesus and says, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Jesus hadn't done anything yet. Right? So if someone says to you in your class, they're like, hey, good job. And you're like, I didn't do anything. That, that's like the equivalent here. It's like, like you're doing well. And it's like, I haven't done anything. And it's like, no, no. That the father saying, you are my beloved son. With you, I'm well pleased because of who you are. Not because of what you've done. It's not because you're worthy of it. It's because of your dignity of who you are. And so I just think we, we get caught up today in this conditional love, right? That um, I'll love you if you do this. But the problem is that's not love at all. It's the opposite. It's, it's hell. To, to live in fear that people would reject me if they really knew. If Father Matt really knew what I did this break, he wouldn't want me in the church anymore. That's a lie. Because of what happened this break, I want you here even more. So that we can be reminded of who we are. To feel like I need to keep working hard. I need to just hold back my own opinion so that the people around my roommates, my family, you know, I disagree with my family, but I can't say anything. And so that's hell. To walk around feeling like I'm just a disappointment. I just keep doing that, disappointing people, disappointing myself. That, that's hell. But we, we pray in our Apostles' Creed that Jesus descended into hell. And he also descended into our humanity to be with us, to give us a dignity that we could not have on our own, to give us a dignity that he shares, that we might share in his divinity, that the Father might see in us, his beloved son. It, it opens us up to relationship where God speaks truth to us to say, I love you for who you are, not because of what you've done. And, and it's that kind of love that like liberates us. It, it's a love that speaks truth. Do we feel that need, right? Do you, do you hear the contrast? And, and because of that, it makes sense, doesn't it, that there's, there's students here who They'd like to come to uh, daily mass. They like to come and sit in the chapel for 10 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. Why? Because it's in that space that I'm reminded that I am loved, that I am wanted, that I am encouraged, that I am given peace. Isn't that, that's a little taste of heaven. That's, that's a little bit of what it's like to be in relationship with God. And so maybe at the beginning of this new school year, when we're, you know, it's like new beginning, which I think is awesome. I think, I think every day is a new beginning, but it's a new school year. And the fact that you're here, I think, is awesome. And so how are we going to walk in that truth of our dignity? And so maybe, maybe a suggestion is, you know, you know, as I go to bed each night, the simplest prayer is to say, Lord, thank you. And, and to thank God for as many things as we can that day. And, and anything that bubbles up that we're not thankful for, that we talk to him about that. Lord, that didn't go well in that conversation with this person. And he's like, tell me all about it. Maybe, maybe it means stopping by here, the Newman Center, for like 10 minutes a day. Which sounds like a lot. That's not very much. 
But just to come and sit in a place of peace where I can take a breath and be reminded about reality, the big picture, and move forward. And the thing about it is, as you pray for 10 minutes, move to 20 minutes, to 30 minutes, it's not easy, but after a while, when we really start to receive peace and calm, that we start to realize, like, how could I live without this? And so today we rejoice, like we're reminded of our dignity, that we are beloved sons and daughters of a father who thinks we're worth everything, and that nothing we do or don't do could change that. And so by coming to him, we can see ourselves as he sees us, as that we are loved, that we are worthy of so great a gift, that we are claimed, that we are wanted. And it's that truth that allows the darkness of hell to vanish and the light of heaven to open.